You're listening to the Sunday morning message from Clouds Creek Baptist Church. Join us for worship Sunday morning at 11. Or for more information, visit cloudscreek.org. studying and walking through the book of Mark, and we're going to put a pause there uh, as we enter into this Advent season. We will jump back into Mark. We're not just going to abandon uh, that book, but we will, uh, we will jump back in once we get to uh, probably the new year. We'll, we'll hop back into the book of Mark. But as I said earlier, this has been a chaotic year, and now we enter into the chaotic season of Christmas where you're trying to shop for family, and there's a pandemic, and you have to wear a mask everywhere you go, and you just give up and order everything on Amazon. So, um, you know, buy Amazon stock if you haven't, you know, you know that's, that's the lesson, I guess. But, you know, we enter into this chaotic season. You're trying to do so many things Again, on top of everything that's going on. And so we, we enter into this, and I want to look at what the first Christmas was. Because the first Christmas was also very chaotic. If you just think about Jesus' birth, you have the, the Jewish people, they have been conquered by the Romans. So they're under an oppressive foreign government. Mary, who is a virgin, is pregnant and about to go into labor, they have nowhere to go, and so they just go, and she gives birth to God with all the animals. And then, if that wasn't enough, Herod finds out about it, and he says, you know what, I'm going to have all of the male babies under the age of two killed. And so they have to flee and go to Egypt to get away from all of this. And so this is a chaotic scene. You know, we have, we're going to put up a, a, a nativity scene out front with Christmas lights all over it, and it's going to look really peaceful and really calm, but it wasn't. For those of you who have been around livestock, not the ideal birthplace, right? Like, it's not a good smell. It's not a very welcoming environment. It's chaotic. And so I can't imagine the chaos. We think that we've been through some chaos this year. The chaos of this moment surrounding the birth of Jesus was also pretty chaotic. So the Christmas story is no stranger to chaos. When you, uh, I don't know, it might have been a while since some of you had had a baby, or if you haven't had a baby, there's what's called a birth plan. I don't know why people do a birth plan because. Nothing ever goes according to plan once birth starts to happen. But you have this, like, in an ideal world, this is what we're going to do. And I don't think for Mary, any of this was on her birth plan. I don't think she wrote this out and was like, you know what? That's exactly what I want to do. That's my plan. It's exactly how this went. And I think very similarly, we all had hoped a lot of things for 2020. We all had hoped a lot of things, and none of us anticipated what was coming. I want to take a minute, if you've got paper or a pen, I I would like for us to just take a minute to write something down. Um, If you've got that, we're going to just take, we're going to pause for a minute. I'll time it. Um, But I want us to just finish this sentence. And if you don't have something to write down on, that's fine. But I want you to think of it in your head. I want you to finish the sentence, I can't wait until blank. How do you finish that sentence? I'll give you like a minute. I can't wait until blank. Let's take a minute to do that.
It's a long time to sit in quiet, right? We're only like halfway done. As I've said before, awkward silence is the best silence. As a dad, stay-at-home dad of two, I'll take awkward silence anytime I can get it. All right, it's been about a minute. Pencils down. Um, so whatever you wrote there, I want you to keep it in mind today. And if maybe you're a better person than me and you're like, I can't wait to get to heaven, then you can go home. You've got it down. You're done. See you next week. Um, I think that a lot of us, we might be looking forward to a better job situation or you're looking forward to what your kids will grow up to do or when your team wins the championship or maybe you're looking forward to retirement. I don't know what that thing is, but I think that the term, I can't wait until, is another way to put hope is that we say, I can't wait until the thing I am looking forward to, I will be very disappointed if this does not happen. I can't wait until whatever it is you wrote down. If you were in your churchy place, you probably put something really good. And it might not be your real answer. That's why this is anonymous. You can just do it. We're not going to ask anybody to read them. I think this has been a hard year for all of us. And it's shown us where our treasure is. This year has shown us what our hope is in. If your hope is in your your current situation and being comfortable and making sure everything just goes along as normal or your stock of toilet paper, this year might have been really difficult. But I think that it helps when we look at hope. When we look at hope to remember what Christmas is. If we're looking to anything to bring us satisfaction, anything on this earth, We are going to be disappointed. As Christians, we should look different when chaos hits our lives. We shouldn't be panicked because our hope isn't in our situation. Our hope isn't in our circumstances. And I'm not saying that you should never feel let down or you should never be disappointed. But we shouldn't be as affected by what happens as the people who don't know Jesus. Having hope means having an eternal mindset when looking at temporary things. We're going to be looking a lot at the words of Paul today in various places. He really talks a lot about hope. First place I want to look is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to be verses through 17 through 18. It says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This is the attitude of someone who has their hope in the right place. This is what it looks like to have hope in Jesus and not what is around us. Last week we looked in the book of Mark and Jesus is talking to the disciples and what we really took away from that passage is that Jesus is enough. That we shouldn't, we don't need to be looking to other things to fill us because Jesus is enough. And to sell him anywhere short of that, we won't be fulfilled. He is enough. If we truly grasped who Jesus was, what he's done for us, and what our eternity is going to be like, we would have so little concern for what happens to us here. I uh, I saw an illustration one time, and I'm going to just straight copy it. Uh, So thanks, Francis Chan, for this one. This is an extension cord. 
as we all know. He did it with a rope. I didn't have a rope, but with all the Christmas stuff, we have an abundance of extension cords. So what I want you to imagine is like when you're untangling an extension cord and you're like, this thing is, it goes on forever. I want you to imagine that. This extension cord goes on forever. It just, it goes and it goes out this door back here and then it goes down, it goes past your house, it goes all the way across the ocean to China, past China to whatever's past China when you keep going that way. I don't have a globe, but this rope goes on for eternity to the moon if you want, wherever you want to send this, this extension cord. It just, it goes on for eternity. This is our life, right? Is eternity. You, created in the image of God, are an eternal being. And this little red part right here, this is your life on earth. You've got 70, 80, if you're lucky, 100 years here. This little blip, right? And then when you start to look at how long eternity goes, that this goes forever. And so when we get caught up in the things here, even when you, you focus here on the, how tiny things are. I've, I've said it before when we talk about prayer requests, that someone who's in eighth grade, the biggest thing in their life is who they like and what exam they're about to take, right? That's the biggest thing, and that's okay. We shouldn't look down and say, you don't know anything. That's not that big a deal. Even though, in the grand scheme of things, I bet most of you in this room can't remember any grade you got on any exam when you were in eighth grade. Very inconsequential in the grand scheme of things, but when you're in the moment, it is of utmost importance. And I think that's what happens to us here, is that let's say you're in eternity and you're over here, I don't think you're worried about 2020. 2020's gone. 2020 is, is a blip on the radar. I don't know if, how many of you guys felt this way, but I remember last year, towards the end of 2019, it was like, man, I'm so glad 2019 is over. I can't wait till 2020. And now I don't even remember what was so bad about 2019. I kind of wish we had 2019 again. That'd be great. When we look at the scope of eternity, the things we experience, the things we go through, although, again, like I said, it's not that you can't be upset. It's not that you can't, you know, be disappointed when something happens, but you should only be this disappointed. Does that make sense? When you look at the grand scheme of how long eternity is, the temporary is just that. It's so temporary. Just like that verse from 2 Corinthians read, the glory we enter into when we get to heaven cannot be compared to anything. So although the birth of your child, your wedding day, the best day you've ever had on earth can't even compare to any other spot on here. It cannot compare much less the worst things. These light and momentary afflictions. I love Paul's wordplay there that he says, this is, this is a light affliction and there is a weight of glory that is coming for you. A light and momentary affliction. This is why we should have hope. This is what our hope should be in. 
And hope isn't this thing that is blind. Hope isn't a, well, probably it'll get better. Hope is not a ignorant, I guess, just see what happens. Uh, I don't really care about what happens. Hope is a very calculated, very educated thing. Hope comes from the understanding. Hope comes from a better understanding of who God is, of what eternity is going to be like. That's where our hope comes from. It is not a People look at Christians and they think, oh, you just don't know any better. And that is not true. The case is that we do know better. We understand who God is, what he has created eternity for, and how he has saved us. That is why we have hope. I'm going to read two passages from Philippians uh, that, that Paul writes. Again, a guy who clearly understands it. He says, in, first, or in Philippians chapter 1, it says, For me to live is Christ, and yet to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. And then over in Philippians 4, he says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstances. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul didn't have his hope in anything in this world. He was singular focused. He was okay if he died. He was okay if he lived. He was okay if he was rich. He was okay if he was poor. Because his hope wasn't in any of that. This is the same guy who wrote earlier that the things on this earth are transient. But the things that are unseen are eternal. He got it. And that same ability to really understand it is available to us. If we focus on God, how great he is, and the things around us will start to worry us less, we can focus on living in this moment for Jesus. Because what if 2021 is worse? Are you prepared for that? Because we looked at 2020 and said, man, that'll be better. So now what if we're looking at 2021 and we think, oh, that'll be better. And what if it is worse than this year? Are you, are you prepared for that? Is your hope in that things will get better? Instead of hoping for a vaccine or that things will get back to normal, we should have our hope in heaven. That we know when we die, we will stand before a holy and perfect God, and Jesus will say, yeah, I got this one. Him, I paid for his sins. He's good. I got her. She's, she's good. To enter into eternal good. With no bad, there's no 2020 in heaven. <laughs> we don't have a bad day in eternity. And that's where our hope should be. That the creator of the universe came to this earth in the form of a human to pay the price for our sins. That's where our hope comes from. Not going back to before Kroger made you wear a mask, 
not in the success of your children, not in looking forward to your retirement. Our hope is in the creator of the universe who died for our sins. Amen? We should be people who have hope. We should not be people who are gloomy. That is not a defining characteristic of Christians. Not only that, that once we have hope, once we have and we grasp this, we need to share hope. We're called to have hope and give hope. Hope is not just something for you. Hope is something that we are to share with the people around us. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says, In your hearts honor Christ as Lord, Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the what? Hope that is in you. Yet do so with gentleness and respect. Have hope and give hope hope. No one's going to ask you why you have hope if you don't have hope. If hope isn't a defining characteristic of who you are, if you're defeated by circumstances, you live like the lost without hope. We're supposed to share our hope with people and say, when they say, why do you have hope? Why Why are you not worried? Why are you not stressed out? We can answer with, oh, because my hope isn't in the White House. My hope isn't determined by the U.S. economy. My hope isn't in my health or my family's health. My hope is in Jesus. And he has never and will never let me down. He has never and will never let you down. We're to tell people about why we have hope with what? What did that verse say? Tell people you have hope. Explain it to them with what? Gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. We shouldn't answer by saying, well, if you didn't put so much faith in your job. Well, if you come to church. Gentleness. Respect. I almost... I didn't, I'm not adding this to scripture, but in my mind, it, it should be excitement. It should be excitement. Let me tell you about this bad thing and all of this. What all of this is going to look like. An excitement, gentleness, respectful of why we have this hope. Because our hope is in what? That was the saddest way anyone could have ever said Jesus. Wow, I was not ready for that. Let's try that one again. Let's try that one again. Because our hope is in Jesus. Jesus. Have hope and give hope. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would give us hope. Lord, that you have provided all of the reasons that we should not put our hope in the temporary things. God, you have laid it all out for us that Jesus is enough. And Lord, help us when we disagree. Help us when our flesh wants something different. When our hearts don't look 
to you for hope. God, I, I don't know what everyone wrote down to finish the sentence, I can't wait until, or, or whatever they thought in their mind of, I can't wait until, but Lord, I pray that our answer would be heaven. That we would be people like Paul who say, yeah, dying, that sounds great. Yeah, living, that sounds great. Because our hope isn't in our circumstances. Our hope is in eternity. God, let that be true in our lives. Teach that to us. As we fall short of it frequently, teach us how to have our hope in you and not be weighed down by our circumstances. And if 2021 is worse, God, let us be okay with it. Teach us how to hope in you, not in our circumstances. And God, teach us how to share that hope with the people around us. That this little light of mine, that we will let it shine, that the hope that we have would burn bright and then we would share it with those around us with gentleness and with respect. It's your name we pray. Amen.